You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks, so you understand Tether. You understand how this stablecoin system is supposed to work, this centralized system, right, that's backed by actual, let's say, in this case, U.S. dollars. So now you have another one called Gemini dollar. That's G-U-S-D or the Paxos dollar, P-A-X, or USDC. And this is developed by venture capitalist, the Winklevoss twins. You know who they are, ladies and gentlemen. Winklevoss twins were the guys who sued Mark Zuckerberg, saying that he stole... Uh, connect IU from them to form Facebook. Uh, these guys are shady as hell. So you have the Winklevoss twins, blockchain startup Paxos, and crypto exchange Coinbase. And we know who Coinbase is. Uh, in concert with payment platform Circle, respectively. These stable coins are currying favor with the institutional investors. All have been closely audited by Wall Street firms and are compliant with local regulatory regimes. As Tether becomes less trusted, these tokens only become more popular. Okay, so you've got these... Um, uh, a couple different ones. You've got these big backers, and then you have the institutional investors and Wall Street getting behind these stable coins. All right, then you have Emoji Filecoin, which is one F I L O N E F I L, developed by I C H I, a protocol for creating quote decentralized money authorities end quote. One Phil is the stablecoin for the Filecoin network. It is backed by USDC and Filecoin's native coin, uh, Phil, F-I-L. Its purpose is to provide a stablecoin for the wider development of the Filecoin network and also provides incentives and discounts for Filecoin storage, buyers, and providers. All right. So now you've got an example of a few different of these stable coins under what's called centralized stable coins. I don't want to go too deep into that because it's going to get too complicated. We could spend a hundred shows on this, bring on crypto experts. Eventually, maybe we'll do that. But you see here, there is work going into this. All right. So to put our heads in the sand and say this isn't coming would just be wrong. There's nobody actually building all these systems just for shits and giggles. All right. That's not happening. All right, then we have gold-backed stablecoins. Not backed by me, folks. Not backed by me. It says, while the vast majority of stablecoins are backed by U.S. dollars stored in a bank vault weakening sentiment around the u.s dollar and the fiat in general has led to the elaboration of stable coins backed by other assets including various gold-backed cryptocurrencies these differ considerably in their form and usability but are all backed by investment grade gold so there we go back to their original idea of the fiat dollar being backed by gold you're going to have stable coins here that are backed by gold so you have one called cash gold it's cash c-a-c-h-e is among the most popular of these each cash is backed by one gram of pure gold held in the vaults stored around the world sending cash tokens is the equivalent of sending one gram of gold per token since they can be easily redeemed for physical gold at any time yeah right so you're telling me there's gold stored in vaults that are backing this token sure 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 there is can we see it? Oh, no. 
There's also Tether Gold, that's X-A-U-T, and Pax Gold, P-A-X-G, which operate in a similar way, but are instead pegged to one troy ounce of investment-grade gold. They also have a higher minimum redemption amount than cash. Now, I wonder if you could actually turn this in for real gold. I doubt it. Uh, then you have algorithmic stable coins terra which is uh, under the name luna l-u-n-a is a decentralized stable coin which means rather than relying on a trusted third party it uses a complex algorithm to keep stable to do this it balances quote on chain end quote reserves for example the funds are held in smart contracts with supply and demand automatically mitigating the chances of traders accidentally or intentionally fit the price I, I mean do you see how complex this is you talk about problem reaction solution loops folks i mean seriously and what we're supposed to believe what we were sold over the last decade is that this is decentralizing money and this is how we're going to get around the government and this is how the central banks lose control. Of course, the central banks are actually behind this stuff. It says Ampleforth, AMPL, relies on a similar process. Instead of physically backing each AMPL with one U.S. dollar, it instead uses a process known as a, quote, rebase, end quote, to automatically adjust the circulating supply of the crypto cryptocurrency in response to changes in supply and demand if the price of ampl is more than five percent above or below the usd reference price then it will increase or decrease the circulating supply in an effort to push the price back towards one dollar since this rebase is uh proportional across all wallets ampl holders always maintain their share of the overall ampl network so that one there, that's just a rigged system. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, come on, folks. First off, anyone who believes that any of this stuff was developed to beat the system, to stop the system, to stick it to the Federal Reserve or the central bankers, you're out of your mind. The people developing this are the technocrats. And as we know, going back to the early 1930s into the 1920s, we had Howard Scott. The founder of Technocracy Incorporated, who led the uh, tech, uh, Technocratic Alliance, uh, being led around by Frank Vanderlip, the guy responsible for creating the Federal Reserve in 1913. So the technologist and the eugenicist that came out of the economic movement, the economy movement of the progressive era, these guys were all backed by the bankers, and the bankers are now behind this. And so you think that technologists, technocrats, running the monetary system based on algorithms and supposed gold and dollar bills stored in secret vaults are actually here to protect you or to provide you with more freedom or liberty or to allow you to thrive in this new technocratic system come on ladies and gentlemen i know you're smarter than that the next is uh die dai is said to stand out from other competing stable coins because it could be widely used while staying decentralized and trustless dai which has uh, which was created by blockchain company MakerDAO, D-A-O, is a ERC-20 token whose value is pegged to the U.S. dollar and can be used for transfers between Ethereum wallets. 
And then they have a comprehensive list of popular stable coins. And this is USD, US dollar pegged. So you have Tether, True USD, Gemini dollar, USD coin, Paxo standard, Binance USD, DAI, DAI, HUSD, SUSD, M stable USD, ample forth okay then you have uh great britain pound peg this is binance gbp stablecoin. you have the euro pegged which is the stasis euro you have tri pegged which is by lyra you have krw peg which is binance krw you have gold backed which is cash gold tether gold paxos gold and you have other which is petro that's oil backed uh, stablecoin and Libra, which is basket backed. It goes on to say, how are stable coins used? Like most digital assets, stable coins are primarily used as a store of value and as a medium of exchange. They give traders temporary uh, reprieve from volatility when the market is tumbling and can also be used in the rapidly growing world of decentralized finance, DeFi, for thing, things like yield farming, lending, and liquidity provision. Most traders and investors gain exposure to stablecoins by purchasing them from exchange platforms, but it is also often possible to mint fresh stablecoins by depositing the requisite collateral with the issuing company, such as U.S. dollars with Tether or physical gold with cash gold. All right, are you understanding this? Again, I, I don't want to make this overly complicated for you, but I want you to just understand uh, basically what this is. So you understand stable coins are backed supposedly uh, by the dollar, by oil, by gold. They're supposed to be backed by something physical. goes on to say, why has stable coins become so popular? Stable coins are... are enormously popular tether for instance is the second most traded cryptocurrency after bitcoin with a 24-hour trading volume of over 70 billion dollars at the time of writing this is from 2021 uh, and they have a tweet embedded here. It says Tether has just surpassed a $15 billion market capitalization in only one month. Tether's market cap has increased by more than $3 billion, maintaining its number one spot as the most liquid, stable, and trusted currency. That's from September 2020. It says why people choose stable coins over cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. They're relatively stable because they are supposedly backed by fiat currency investors can be confident that their tokens will always sell for one dollar each this supposedly means that the prices won't fall coin prices are driven by belief so if investors believe their stable coins are worth and backed by one dollar each the price should reflect that they're a safe haven for worried investors many exchanges including binance the world's largest don't let traders buy fiat currency and only let them buy and sell cryptocurrencies this means it's often tricky for investors to swiftly cash out their cryptocurrencies when the going gets tough to do so they might have to transfer across several exchanges or even wait several days now i will tell you I was in that situation. A uh, few years back, I was messing around with Forex, that's foreign exchange, trading foreign currencies. I was just 
goofing around with it with like a thousand bucks with a friend of mine who claimed to be making all this money doing it. And I said, hey, you know, let me give it a shot. Let's see how this works. So you had to buy Bitcoin, which is why I ended up setting up a Coinbase wallet and everything else. And I got fairly familiar with this. And then you had to move the Bitcoin over to this, uh, I think it was called a broker. And then the broker, I plugged into the platform that allowed me to trade foreign currencies. And then whenever I made money, I had to turn that back into Bitcoin and then send the Bitcoin back over uh, to Coinbase and then move that out. By the time it was done, I was paying fees and everything else. It just wasn't worth it, folks. Now, if you were doing this with hundreds of thousands of dollars and then you were making two, three, four, five percent, and all of a sudden on these trades, you're making two, three, four, nine thousand dollars. Yeah. I could see it worth it. Well, when you're doing it with $1,000, your fees you're paying all the time, $2 here, $3 here, $5 here, it just eats into your profits. Uh, And that's kind of what they're talking about. So it says that is where stable coins come in because they are cryptocurrencies. They live on most exchanges. Yet because they hew to the value of a single fiat currency, they act as sort of a temporary refuge for investors looking to secure their funds during a bear market. In this way, stable coins are like blockchain-enabled versions of the dollar. That's if they retain their value. Disadvantage of stable coins. Investors need proof the coins are backed by reserves. In Tether's case, this has never been conclusively provided, sparking rumors that the currency was unbacked and was in fact minted out of thin air. And there's a number of people a number of scams and schemes in the crypto space that do this, where they claim that they have a liquidity pool, there's all this money behind this, and it doesn't actually exist. And this is how rug pull happens. So they get people to go in and buy, you know, whatever, $5,000 worth of a token. Other people buy, they have celebrities promote it. Uh, People like Mark Cuban, Elon Musk, and others will pump it up. And then the next thing you know, there's a rug pull where all the money disappears And let's say the token is worth, I don't know, 10 USD, it goes down to 90 cents and it never comes back. And so all the regular guys, all the middle class folks, the little uh, guys uh, investing from home all get screwed. The same thing with stocks. You know, they get everybody to get in a stock at $200 per share and then they collapse it down to $50 and it never comes back up. So you just lost your money. They basically sucked all the wealth out of people, folks. So just absorb this. I want you to understand it, at least the basics of it, because as we delve into uh, what's going on with this test pilot of CBDC and what's going on with consensus and their partnerships with the central bankers, we're going to talk a lot about stable coins. And I don't want to have to stop to explain it. I'll just reference people back to episode 98 here. That's why I decided to just get this out of the way right now. All right, folks, when I get back, we'll finish it up and then we'll get into the CBDC test that is currently going on right here in the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. 
standard, folks. All right, I don't take cryptocurrency, but if you folks want to leave a donation to help us out here, keep the lights on, keep food on the table, that would be donorbox.org slash show. I've used that service uh, for a few years on different podcasts I produce, and it works well. So if you'd like to do that, I really would appreciate it. Or just join us at pain.tv slash gold and get you some value for your money. Either way, you're getting access to something. Donations help uh, me to keep going. Uh, if you purchase a subscription at pain.tv slash gold, then I get a piece of that as well, and you get something in return, minimally the ad-free video version of this podcast. And so you can watch it, and it's got all of the articles and everything up uh, in real time here. I do a pretty nice production, folks. I think so. All right, let's get back to this here. Uh, I'll just recap what we read. It says, investors need proof the coins are backed by reserves. In Tether's case, this has never been conclusively provided, sparking rumors that the currency was unbacked and was, in fact, minted out of thin air. Stable coins aren't necessarily stable. The Gemini dollar has increased by a few cents several times in the last year as traders poured money into it. Ironically, many of those investors' funds had come from Tether, which has previously sunk to a low as 51 cents on some exchanges. As such, stable coins can be considered relatively stable rather than absolutely stable, particularly when compared to volatile assets like Bitcoin. Well, look at the case of Tether here, right? So if it's supposed to be worth a dollar, that's what you were promised. It's going to hold its value because it's backed by secret dollars in some secret vault that no one's ever seen. And then it drops to 51 cents. That lost half its value. That's like you buying a share of Apple for $2,000 and it's worth $1,000 now. Are you buying a $2,000 worth of Bitcoin when Bitcoin was at $60,000 per token? And then it drops to $30,000 per token, meaning your $2,000 piece of the uh, token that you own is now worth $1,000. So that's a big hit that the supposed stablecoin took. Tether has consistently stated that it is in fact 100% backed by the U.S. dollar. But when Tether released a breakdown of its reserves in May for the first time in seven years, it turned out that less than 3% of Tethers were actually backed by cash. All right, do you understand this? So if they disseminated, let's say, 1 million Tether tokens, and each one was supposed to be backed by 1 U.S. dollar, in a safe somewhere, so one million one dollar bills in a safe, it turned out that there was only thirty thousand of those one dollar bills in that safe. Ah, ah, really? Wow. It says U.S. lawmakers are also not fans of stablecoins in general. In his semi-annual monetary policy reporting to Congress earlier this month, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said that stablecoins were in need of tighter regulations. Quote, if they were going to be a significant part of the payments universe, which we don't think crypto assets will be, but stablecoins might be, then we need an appropriate regulatory framework, which frankly, 
frankly, we don't have, end quote, Powell said. In July 2021, President Biden's Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen met with top regulators to, quote, discuss interagency work, end quote, around stablecoins, with Secretary Yellen urging regulators to, quote, act quickly to ensure there is an appropriate U.S. regulatory framework in place, end quote. And so that's what we were talking about in the last article where the SEC guy or woman, Hester Pierce, comes in and starts talking about how the regulators, the bureaucrats, are going to regulate this system. But maybe there should be a three-year window where there's no regulations while they're all building the system to match up with central bank digital currency. See, that's what's going on here. In the same month, China's central bank, the People's Bank of China, sounded the alarm on stablecoins. With PBOC, that's People's Bank of China, Deputy Governor Fan Yefi stating that commercial organizations, global stablecoins, quote, may bring risks and challenges to the international monetary system and payments settlement system, end quote. Yiffy added that Chinese authorities are, quote, quite worried about this issue, end quote, and have taken unspecified measures. All right, the future of stablecoins. With the crypto boom of 2017 behind us, investors are increasingly looking to stablecoins as a safer way to experiment with the technology. In the first half of 2020, the supply of stablecoins swelled by 94% to hit 11 billion dollars in june and regulators are warning up uh, are warming up to them too in september 2020 the u.s office of the controller uh, comptroller of the currency occ gave national banks and federal savings associations the green light to hold reserves for stablecoin issuers all right so now they're saying that these national banks and these federal savings associations could actually hold the cash reserves for the issuers of stablecoin. This is what the comptroller of the currency here in the United States said could be done. All right, so the governments are moving in line uh, with all of this. Goes on to say, as more respected players throw in their weight, the Winklevoss twins, Circle and Coinbase, for instance, the idea of a digital dollar, a shadow currency that takes fiat onto the blockchain without risking its value, is ever more tantalizing. All right, so that's all I want to get into here on stable coins folks i want you to just have a basic understanding of how stable coins work because as i said we are going to get into some of this as i begin to cover uh the rollout of what is going on and then we're going to get into the consensus uh that's joe lubin with ties to peter thiel and how that's moving forward first i want to just show you this it's something i found in passing this is at atlantacouncil.org and this is central bank digital currency tracker all right so you can actually go to atlanticcouncilorg slash cbdc tracker it says, what exactly is a central bank digital currency? A CBDC is virtual money backed and issued by a central bank. As cryptocurrencies and stable coins have become more popular, and see, this is why we needed to talk about stable coins, the world's central banks have realized that they need to provide an alternative or let the future of money pass them by. Now, 
I don't believe that to be true. I believe the central banks have actually been behind all of the cryptocurrency and stablecoins uh, projects. And now they're basically just going to harness everything, put it together, launch the infrastructure uh, that all this stuff has been test pilots and beta testing and uh, adoption campaigns that are run. That's my opinion on this. So there is actually this interactive map here. It says hover over a country to see their status, click on a country to learn more. And then there's filters here by country uh, use case. So you can click on, for instance, retail wholesale both undecided and this is important because we're going to get into retail and wholesale and so wide awake jim is tracking this uh that they're going to roll out he believes a uh, wholesale side first and then eventually retail retail would be you and me um there's cross border projects so you can go through uh, uh dcash digital euro digital yen mcbdc bridge project aber there's a bunch of them here you can filter by status this would be launched pilot development research inactive and canceled you can look at underlying technology which would be conventional dlt you can also look at technology partnerships there's a lot of companies uh inside of here and then when you go down to this map i have all this up on the screen for the people at pain.tv slash gold it's this interactive map and you'll see 112 countries currency unions tracked and then you can click a, a filter here go through the different countries and then you can roll over the top of these different uh states so here in the united states you can see United States, and then it'll be status, research, use case, both. Uh, you can go over here, let's say like Canada. You'll see status, development, use case, both, architecture, intermediated, uh, underlying technology, both, access, both, cross-border projects, projects, Jasper. Um, so you can look at, uh, let's say launched, we'll go to Nigeria, status launched, use case retail, technology fabric, architecture intermediated, underlying technology, DLT, access account, technology partnerships, Bit Inc. Uh, you can see it's been launched in the Bahamas. It's been launched in Jamaica. Uh, so there's 11 different uh, projects that have actually been launched. And then you can look at pilot projects. You can look at development. You can look at research, inactive, and then uh, canceled projects. So you can go through this map. It's really cool. It says key findings. 105 countries representing over 95% of global GDP are exploring a CBDC. 105 countries. In May 2020, only 35 countries were considering a CBDC. A new high of 50 countries are in an advanced phase of exploration. That would be development, pilot, or launch. So when we get back from this break, I'm just going to walk you through this map. It's a tool that I think you're going to want to have access to. If I find a better one, I'll let you know. But this seems to be pretty much up to date. And this will show you guys what is actually going on out there. Uh, this is in the works. It's all being developed. This is all very real. They are moving quickly into this CBDC model. And I will show you exactly what's going on here in the United States when we get back from the break. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. 
Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.